Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. I felt Garrett Bush's moment like he was the only one feeling the way he felt in a room full of people that should should feel something, but they don't. And it's weird or not. But let's play the clip. I'm going to keep it real. We are we in left field. We in left field. I'm kind of hot right now, too. I'm kind of hot. Because we do this every freaking time something happened on this field. Everybody want to pivot and act like they... I done heard people talking about, oh, you know, just uh, the mental health of the players. And yeah, you could die. They don't even know they could die out here. We sit here and talk about this stuff every single time. Schedule remakes... How are we going to make it up? What the league feels about it? I, I don't give a damn what the league feels about it. Let's be keep it real. Why we don't talk about the stuff that matter? This young man, you want to know? You want to know how? How? What this, you need to know about him? He's 24 years old, right? He got a contract for $160,000. That's his bonus, and he earns $825,000 this year. You say, G. Bush, why are you talking about this man's money? Because guess what? He's been in the league two years. That means he's not vested. That means if he never plays another down in his life, he don't get another check for the NFL. Let's be clear about this. You got to play three to four years before you even sniff a pension. So all this heartwarming and prayers and condolences don't do nothing for that boy's mom that, that got to go home, look at her son, and he might need extensive care for the rest of his life. And you know what the NFL will tell you? Well, you know, um, you know, we'll, we'll look out for the people like him. No, you won't. No, you won't. Let, let's talk about the disability policy for the NFL, right? They moved it from $22,000 a month to $4,000 in the last collective bargaining agreement. Did you know that the NFL has a private board that reviews all aspects with their doctors and with, and with their neurologists and their specialists? They can deny benefits even if Social Security deems you to be permanently disabled. The league can come back and then say, you know, the national go the government is a, you know, they're they're experts. But let's take it over so we don't pay anything out. Only 15% get approved by Social Security. The league says that number should be lower. Get that. 15% of the people who apply for disability in this country, I know I was, a, I was a disability expert. It's very low. I submitted over almost 250,000 applications in one year, one time. I know. Since the CTE settlement, only 6.5% of the settlement has been paid according to the admin's website. I looked it up yesterday. And 60% of the claims have a qualifying diagnosis but have not been paid. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. The, they're also moving the pension. And that pension, he got to make it to 55. He's 24. And they've moved that between 3,000. They moved it down to 3,000 when it was 5,600 a month. And the last stat that you should know about is the Bills owner, Terry Pagula, owns the Sabres as well as, as well as the Buffalo Bills. And his net worth is $6.7 billion. My question to you is, NFL, when, you, when, when do salaries become guaranteed? If you know these young men are going out there and they could die on that football field, I don't give a damn what your thoughts and prayers are. Yes. Yes, Garrett Bush. I can't wait to connect with you. 
Uh, let me invite someone in. I haven't talked to him in a while. Happy New Year to him. He is a crisis manager extraordinaire, a tech entrepreneur, and newly patrolled. Let me welcome the one and only <laughs> Drew McCaskill is in the building. Hello. Dara, happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Look at you. How you so, doing? I had, a, I, had a good, I had a good holiday. Yes, you did. I saw I saw a video and everything. I was I was out there. I was like, okay. And there, here, you know, before we get into this conversation, and we're gonna put the number out eight six six eight zero one eight two five five. Drew McCaskill, newly betrothed. Congratulations! Thank you for sharing. When we come back, I want to talk um, about what the brother was saying on the clip oh, yeah. that we listened to before uh, we got involved in this conversation because I think you know there's some financial things to thrive Thursday that we need to uh, adhere to Garrett Bush talking about, you know, cause the, the, the thing is, Oh, they're rich. You know, yeah. we'll cry for people. They know what they're doing. They put their bodies on the line, but they're millionaires and I'm not a millionaire. I wish I could get paid to, to play a sport, you know, and there's a whole lot of envy again, when people are not fulfilled in themselves, they're not doing the things that they want to do or what they were put here to do. Cause they don't ever pursue it because they don't spend enough time with themselves. Cause your, your mission in your life is not going to be a football player. Most right. of you, um, but they're still human beings. And the fact that so many people, abdicated their own humanity to have that conversation and not this young man died on that football field Mm -hmm. and he may not have the resources because just because he makes $800,000 a year, there's managers, there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff and taxes that, that need to be considered. And that money's got to last him for the rest of his mother freaking life because the, the lifespan is three to five years. He will be retired. Right. He'll be retired before he's 30 under the statistics, right? So that yeah. means he's got the rest of his life to live off of the money he makes over a three to five year period. Come on, y'all. Let's do better. Let's be better. 866-801-8255 is the number. Drew McCaskill is here. All right, we are here. Uh, 866-801-8255 is the number. We are going into history with this vote for uh, Speaker of the House. Uh, we'll be go- going into a ninth vote. Uh, last time this happened was 100 mother freaking years ago a hundred years ago um hopefully it won't be like before you know the civil war when it went to like 192 ballots hopefully we can get through it but i don't think we will i think something's gonna have to give drew mccaskill something's gonna have to give before we uh talk more about damar hamlin i think there's an opportunity here i think there's an opportunity with what we're seeing uh clearly the 20 republican um terrorists that's what i'm gonna call them yeah, they're terrorists. The 20 Republican terrorists uh, that includes Lauren Bobert's uh, Bobert's uh, ignorant ass. Uh, yeah. They are holding our government hostage right now, which is what they will do if you negotiate it's with them. It's what they've always wanted to do. It's what they've always wanted to do. So don't negotiate with terrorists, Kevin McCarthy. Hold your ground. Or um, maybe there are six Republicans that can make a deal with the Democrats. I think there are six. But will they do it for the good of the country? Because you, you're there to serve the people of the United States of America, not just the, the handful of folk that voted for you, because half of them are in Congress with a handful of votes, if we're being honest. Yeah. Y'all ain't get millions of votes, so knock it off. That said, I think there's an opportunity here, especially with the unity that we're seeing with the Democrats, because Hakeem Jeffries once again got 212. Yeah. That's all they got. Every single Democrat, nobody abstained, nobody voted present. 212 is what they gave Hakeem Jeffries again. 
which still exceeds whatever Kevin McCarthy got. And then there's 20 and then the 20 can't even keep it together. Cause then the last ballot, a couple of them voted for other people other than the yeah. Donald's guy that they voted for. They decided on besides Jim Jordan the day before this is um interesting. What are your thoughts on this? It's, it's crazy. And I think it's also ironic and interesting how they always find a way to use a black body for, for their dirty work um in, in these situations. But I mean, that's a conversation for another day, but the crazy thing about it is like, they've always wanted to hold government hostage. They've always wanted to say we have, they don't have, they don't want the power to actually get stuff done. They want to exercise and show that we have the power to stop things from happening. They have no agenda. And they're the authors of chaos. They are truly the authors of chaos. I mean, they can't even get this done. What makes us think that Kevin McCarthy is going to be, you can't whip votes for yourself. And you're going to try and whip votes for billions of dollars, potentially trillions of dollars of legislation. I mean, it's the level of incompetence that that's being shown here, the level of embarrassment that lies ahead for the country. This is this is the just the beginning of the incompetence and embarrassment that we're going to see. And honestly, like if he figures out how to get this done, right, if he figures out how to become the speaker, not to mention the fact that he's already moved into this into the speaker's office, right, by all accounts is that he'll have zero power. He'll he'll be that he'll be that in name only. These people, these these domestic terrorists in Congress, they're going to hold Congress hostage on every single thing that they could do for the next 2 years. And then you look you look back on what Pelosi was able to do. And I don't know if anybody's seen the Pelosi documentary, but I have a new respect for the woman um, after having seen the Pelosi documentary that's on Netflix. So right I should now. watch it cuz I keep seeing it. I was I, like Ah, I was like, ah, I got to be real bored to watch this. But I'm telling you, like, I actually have a new respect for what she was able to accomplish, particularly during the uh, particularly during the Obama administration to get health care passed that as well as her constitution on how to get these things done is unmatched. Right. Like there are a lot of people who should have retired a long time ago in Congress. And I'm not and I'm not I'm not being ageist. I'm being like. I'm being serious about the fact that once you have hit your peak of your capacity and what you have done, it's time for you to step down and step and step away and let somebody else come through. But even in even in how she passed the baton, there's you get a chance to see how her and the caucus were like talking through and how her relationship with Jeffries, even before she passed on her um her support for him was really interesting in how she managed it, right? And I think we're now seeing how hard her job was. Just a glimpse of how hard her job was over all of these past years. I'm going to check it out because I was I keep going past it. It's been recommended to me on my Netflix. So I was like, mm, I don't feel like watching this, but okay. Thank you, good. Drew. You know, 866-801-8255. Now, uh, Damar Hamlin, uh, he opened his eyes uh, today. He was able to communicate uh, with his family. Uh, they said while uh, he's still critically ill, uh, he has demonstrated that he appears to be neurologically intact, which is good. He's 24 years old. Um, and I feel like he's got an uphill battle in terms of complete healing. I don't care if he ever runs another down or, you know, hits that football field ever again. Uh, I want him to be fully whole and that's the prayer. Uh, so, so there's that, um, your thoughts on what 
our brother Bush um, was talking about in terms of uh, the the lack of, you know, we're talking about all of these teams are worth north of a billion dollars. Every single owner of a team is worth north of a billion dollars. They can't do basic things in terms of like a uh, sustained uh, health package for these players. I was talking to uh, uh, Dr. D- Damas on on Monday, and he has to, you know, um, he's, you know, he has to keep fighting the, like he's part of a, a group in Florida for retired players. And forget about it, if you played in the '90s, you know, before okay. there was, you know, and the collective bargaining hasn't produced much in terms of uh, getting these players who literally uh, I had someone come into my um, comments and said that they play football and they feel like they're a hundred years old, you know, like their body is so like the after effects and we're not even talking about CTE, which we can't see until after they're uh, expired and they get to study their brains. But we do know the neurological damage of being hit and, you know, having all of that contact. (sighs) What should our role be? Because I don't want to just keep talking about, you know, prayers to DeMar Hamlin. Uh, Like what should our role, we the people who care deeply about humanity, what should we be doing? You know, um, Karen, I, I, I've seen sort of the, I've seen the guts of the NFL up close and personal, particularly for people, for players. Um, a close personal friend of mine was, uh, is Kelsey Stringer and Corey Stringer. Corey Stringer was playing for the Vikings when, um, when he died, sudden death from, from heat. And I watched Kelsey fight the NFL for years, um, uh, to for Corey's legacy and for for to change how they manage players and how they get them hydration, how they pull them off the field um, at certain heat levels. And I watched this one sister fight for a decade to get changes made in the NFL. And she did it, but she did it with some amazing attorneys amazing attorneys and she had and she had back some financial backing to help her out and so I feel like I think now of all the people who don't have the amazing attorneys and the financial backing even I mean and I've seen like I've had interactions with player with the NFL Players Association those older football players you see them Karen and they look like they have been to war they're 50 years old and they are moving like an 80 year old right they put their bodies on the line for that. And I'm telling you that um, the, to me, collective bargaining has done less for the players long-term. They're getting less now than they, than they were getting before. If you listen to what, what the brother says, and you listen to that whole clip, he talks about how um, they're, they've negotiated and bargained down for pensions. They've negotiated and bargained down for what disability looks like. And at the end, at the end of it, you got to say, okay, it's all fun, and everybody's hugging and and kissing their mama and and hugging their girlfriends when they get these contracts. But on the, but look at these men and look at their bank accounts and look at their health on their last day, and so on their last day plan, not their first day getting signed. Most of them end up broke, or in crazy amounts of debt. Very, there's very little support for them, right? And the ones who are hurt are the worst off because most of them can't go out and do anything else after that. Right. Mm. And so what I think that we as a, what we have to do is um, once the players get to a different place, I think that then the fans and the supporters have to say, 
once y'all get into place, once y'all make that decision, we're going to rally and support you. But I honestly don't think that you get there until you do an, in the NFL, until the NFL players actually start to do what the NBA players did. Right. And that becomes a very different scenario. And NBA players um, st started their whole process in a very different way, a united front. It was not just, hey, I'm going to get mine and y'all worry about y'all's. Right. It was very much a unity, a unity front. And it's a completely different scenario in terms of what though, in terms of NBA contract payouts versus NFL contract playoffs, because I have two friends, one whose husband whose husband was killed or uh, who died while playing in the NBA and one who's died by playing in the NFL and their lives and how they had to survive and fight were totally different. Well, totally different. The, the NFL is almost like, you know, when, when enslavement happened, I'm going to keep comparing it to enslavement because yeah. it has a very plantation-y feel to it. Even very. though it's a lot more money being- The draft. Yes, all of that. The combine, you know, um, the, you know, how- how the United States of America watched how enslavement happened in the, on the islands, you know, the British Isles, yeah. and they were like, okay, here's what we got to do. I feel like the NFL, like, studied how not to have that insurrection that is going on in the NBA happen and the way yeah. in which they constructed. And we saw with the last strike, they are willing to have scabs. They will They will feel they're going to they're gonna play on Sunday, even yeah. if it's they got to pull people out the grocery store to, to play on that field. They don't give a F. They're going to give they're going to honor their contracts to the, you know, to the television uh, networks uh, by any means necessary. And so that makes it even less because you ain't going to replace LeBron James. But you could no. put a 300 pound person out there and everybody's a scab and, and feel the game. And the Absolutely. coaches are conspiring. So that's why I think the Rooney rule, they're not really trying to bring any black coaches in because they also see them as people that might line and be in alignment with the players at some point. And they need those people in check. It's really insidious and crafty. It's crafty. It's, it's very overseer culture. Um, I would also say, too, is like even players association, like, listen, I I will just say that that there are a lot of associations out there where um, the people are saying, hey, we're looking out for the for the for the retired folks and we're looking out for the future of the current folks. But many of those people will sell out the future of the collective for their niece or their nephew or their son or their daughter to get a job at the front office and in one of these other in one of the other leagues and one of the other cities. And nobody will even know about it until six months later, a year later after they retire. Oh, oh, you're representing the players. Oh, you got two nephews working at da 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 and da 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 and da 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 da. I wonder how that happened. I wonder who made that call mm. to get them, to get those three people those jobs in your family in sports, right? Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to the Karen Hunter Show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.